Welcome to the Coven Collective Podcast, hosted by Melissa Johnson, Molly Mitchell-Hartfield, and Pilar Brooks. We are three trained psychotherapists, intuitive healers, and practicing witches, here to offer tools to deepen and expand your psychic life. May we serve as channels for divine consciousness to come through in the transmission of this podcast. May the message be in service to the deepest roots and highest expansion of the collective. May we embody this guidance. Hmm. Welcome, All right. everyone. Yes, welcome. We are in precarious times right now. And so we thought, yeah, there's uh, a lot going on. And we thought as, um, as a group, it would be wise to sort of address the um, depth and psychological perspective on what's going on right now to help people digest and kind of um, find their own inner ground uh, as far as COVID and um, and also to connect with the community that we're beginning to build and process yeah. our feelings around this together. Yeah, yeah. There, there are so many questions out there that we don't really, I mean, we know some answers to, um, you know, and I'm speaking generally like to the collective and um, it, it can be really, I mean, it's a disorienting time. We don't really know what's going to happen. We know, you know, sort of basic protocols on, you know, stay inside and social distance and, you know, transition work to online. I mean, there's just a lot of our daily lives that are having to sort of just, you know, switch gears big time. Um, it almost feels like on a collective level, like on social media and stuff, people are kind of trying to gauge with each other, like how much fear is appropriate? How should we be feeling right now? Yeah, yeah. And I think like, hopefully what we can serve um, in this podcast is um, finding your own answer to that by checking in inside, because I think there's a lot of collective pressure and what we've all observed is the split between what we're naming as fear and apathy and um there Which both... I would say fear and denial I think it's it's really it doesn't yeah. come from a place of apathy it comes from a place of denial which is easy to get to especially if you are an empath because mm-hmm. you don't want to fear feel the collective fear so right. it's it's easy to jump to that denial place right yeah Right. Well, also, like, being in denial reduces anxiety. So Exactly. You don't have to connect to the fear. It's all just ways of coping with with what's going on. But what we're really, like, in reality, what we're meeting is the spiralic nature of existence and the unknown. And we're all having to bump up against how we respond in face of the unknown and the great mystery. And And out of control. Yeah. Yeah. So much is here. And, um, I think what's, what could be deeply healing and beneficial for people is to just simply 
pause and name what is here. And, and you don't even need to tell anybody, but just for yourself, like, because I think we can go into the denial space and then live life as normal and, you know, put ourselves and others at risk um, unnecessarily. And instead of kind of being in a reaction, what if we kind of come back to our center and um, acknowledge, yeah, denial is here. Like, and, and that's really serving this purpose of reducing my anxiety. But when I really look underneath the surface of the denial, there's a really vulnerable part of me that's really scared, that's mm -hmm. panicked, that doesn't know how to meet the unknown. And how do I actually turn towards the vulnerable one and take care rather than be in sort of a maybe dissociative denial, spiritual bypassing place. And it's very alluring. It's very alluring to be in, uh, I would say, specifically spiritual bypass because it, it can appear really shiny. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, um, is, it goes right along with our ego. Right. That would be like the love and lighter saying, like, choose love over fear. Like, it's yeah. a choice kind of thing. Right. But that's just denying the reality of our humanity. Right? Well put. Yeah. Yeah, I think both of you just said, I mean, so beautifully explained. I I think that this time is such a, like, I keep coming back to, oh, gosh, this is, like, really forcing us to think about health and healing and what that really means, like, what it means to um, take care of yourself mentally what does it mean to take care of yourself spiritually? What does it mean to take your, take care of yourself uh, physically? Um, you know, because we're all, you know, in, in, in order to, in efforts to slow down the virus itself, we're, you know, quarantined to our homes, we're social distancing. It's really, it's such a massive, like on a global scale, forcing all of us to like really look at our inner lives and that can be really scary yeah. to look at, which is why, you know, this coping mechanism of spiritual bypassing and um, dissociating. I mean, those are also brilliant defense mechanisms in order to avoid, like you said, Molly, the, the discomfort of, you know, what does it mean to really feel healthy and whole right now? What do I need to do to protect myself or my family or, or whatnot? So, yeah, I think coming to that kind of inner center can be really hard for folks. And, you know, we, we want to voice and, and just honor that wherever you are in that process, that's exactly where you are. That's exactly where you can meet yourself. Um, and that some level of fear is a totally healthy response. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to panic, but right. some level of fear. Right. I mean, it's like, it's a, it's a, a response that would make sense to the stimuli at hand, you know? Right. And so how do we take care of, whatever part is showing up. Like if there's neuroticness showing up, like how do we take care of that part? Right, um, and not go to either extreme of the panic or the denial. Right, 
Because right. you can have panic take over you too. We don't want that. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that, you know, like hence the, the, you know, toilet paper is gone and food is gone and people are hoarding. And um, it's sort of, it's interesting though, because what I see is like uh, in the outer world, people, I'm still seeing people like at restaurants and stuff. And I'm like, that feels so normal compared to like going to the grocery store and seeing things wiped out, you know, that's like the, the split right there. Totally. Triggered so well. Yeah. There's just like two groups out there. It feels like Yeah. there's no kind of in between. Right. And hopefully right. Like, we can kind of name that um, we all have an in between. We all have yeah. a center, but um, I think some of us know our center a little bit better and have been visiting that place with some sort of practice over and over and over. And so we know when we're off center, but um, perhaps it's an opportunity to, to start to like, I mean, I, I think it's forcing us to slow down and that's not something that I, I think Americans are good at in general. So what is it, what is it to slow down in your life? Are you having to look at um, an inner life that has not been tended to um, and that, you know, we have so many defense mechanisms. So like busyness can be one, productivity can be one. And it's one that um, is really shiny to uh, being and living in a capitalistic society. But when that kind of is shutting down, turning down, who are we then? We really have to face that. It's like an existential moment in a, in a really big way on more, in more ways than one, an existential moment. Yeah. And I, I love how the, the symbol of the toilet paper is just beyond me. And I've, I've been thinking a lot about this. I know I voiced this to, to both of you yesterday when we checked in. I was also talking about it um, with a dear friend who's also a therapist uh, this morning. And like, what is like the toilet paper? Everyone's freaking out about getting toilet paper. Um, and I, I, I just keep coming back to this theme of like, we are so disconnected from having to take care of our shit, like literally metaphorically, like in order to take care of your actual shit or your internal stuff and neurosis that, that gets in the way of, you know, you living a smooth, healthy, functional life is a messy process. It's a really uncomfortable process. And it's just, it's so, I, I think the toilet paper thing, I'd love to hear what you guys think about it too, because I, I think it's just like, just so pregnant with symbolism of where we are as, as a society. It's like, that did not register, at least in my mind, <laughs> as the first thing to be getting to, but I play, I was playing into the joke, like with, with friends, like, Oh, I have toilet paper. Don't worry. And it's like, wait, why, why is the toilet paper that? It's like a first world problem, you know? And like, it, it reminds me too of like, we're talking about shit and shit to me is like earth. Right. And it, it's really lifting up and bringing up into consciousness. Um, how disconnected we are with the earth. And even, even the fact that we have to like hoard all this food 
just points to me to like, we don't remember how to actually be human, Mm. like on this earth, on this land where there's always been abundant food because that's how we've survived for the past however many hundreds of thousands of years. And that in modern time, like we have lost all of that knowledge and all of those capabilities to, to be like sustainable human beings, to be sustainable animals on the planet. And it's just highlighting that, like, what do we do without Amazon Prime or, you know, the pressing buttons and having things show up? Yeah. The toilet paper, to me, is also a symbol of the collective fear and panic. And I love what you said, Pilar, about, like, we, I guess it would just show, like, the fear that and anxiety we have around handling our shit or yeah. being human, handling our humanity. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. I I keep coming to like also just how how we relate to our bodies, you know, and and the the discomfort of like really being with ourselves when things get uncomfortable, you know, whether that's represented through, you know, this shit symbol that we're talking about or whether like you're actually sick right now. Yeah. Or you hopefully not, but I mean, or you end up getting this coronavirus that's going around. Um, you know, I, I hope that your, your body and your immune system and your spirit is, is strong enough to live through it. But I know for a lot of people in our world, especially in this country, um, we have a lot of unhealthy people and they're the most at risk. Yeah. And, you know, it just makes me think of then how we get unhealthy and uh, then what are, what are sort of like the cultural um, things that, that we've taken on in this like zombie-like state to make ourselves unhealthy. And yeah, it's just bringing up so many questions yeah. uh, for me in terms of just thinking about like how how we relate to our physical bodies and and what what would that mean if we were a more connected society with our these like beautiful human vessels that we live in right it 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 points to for me like the disconnection to soul Mm. you know and and how like each breath can be like a reverential moment you know each movement can be a reverential moment and um i think in the greater collective it's not and that's not a shaming point it's just like an observation that we've really disconnected to from soul and from the fact that um this manifest reality is a deeply um spiritual place you know, that it's not at all disconnected from spirit, Mm -hmm. even though it can really feel like that, you know? So coming back to physical health and remembering, yeah, like you said, these are like body temples that um, I think maybe we get very unhealthy or we go down these roads of, um, of declining health that could be prevented, you know, um, because of that disconnection. Mm. 
from each other, from our lineage, from soul. Like, and to me saying from soul almost says all of those things, you know? Yeah. It's interesting to me that you said from soul because I'm, which I totally agree, but I am feeling this like huge polarity between the fear and the denial or the toilet paper and the love and light, Mm -hmm. which is that polarity of like, we are all human and divine. Beautiful. And finding that, finding, holding that tension. Yeah. I think that's like every spiritual practice ever, you know, is like, how do we hold both at the same time? And I think that's why we have to have practices because it's so easy to forget. Like it's easy to forget from when you meditate in the morning until, you know, like you get in an argument with your partner, you know, it's like, it's so understandable. Like there's such a well of compassion in me for the humanity in all of us that, that struggles with holding attention between these two things. And there's compassion. Like I find so much compassion for those really afraid people who feel like they need to buy all the toilet paper, you know, like that. Yeah. That's also their reality. Yeah. And it's not like a, dichotomy between in my mind love and fear because love is not denial like love is not blind well I you know I spoke to um a fellow therapist and um I lost my train of thought never mind I'll come back to it (laughs) that happened we're honoring the humanity (laughs) we're we're, we're just having light and fluffy conversations so yeah (laughs) yeah i the holding holding this tension of of like yeah you're gonna go through phases in your days where you deny the the traumas of the world because you could be in the highest state ever and there's still a trauma going on somewhere. Like, I think that's just part of living on this planet. Mm -hmm. Um, But learning to hold that tension, oh, is just, is just such a divine practice. And it's so hard. Or a human practice. Or a human practice. (laughs) Well, it's like sort of what mental health is, right? Like it's the ability to hold the tension between really any two opposites. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, ooh, it's hard. It's hard and it's scary because you have to confront yourself and you have to face what's really there. You have to face the traumas that are there. And um, man, there's just a million ways to run away. Mm -hmm. Especially, I think, in our modern day, there's a million and a half ways to run away. Yeah. But I think that on some level, the, the spiritual bypassing, to me, feels uh, a little bit dangerous. A little bit. Yeah, it feels very dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, because um, it, it masquerades as, um, like, it masquerades from sources that are all about waking up, mm-hmm. but the message actually puts you to sleep. And so it's really insidious. And um, 
dangerous in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like in general, spiritual bypassing is dangerous in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's coming up for me is like, I have both of those sides within me too. Like I have the anxiety side and then I have the denial side of like, I don't want to feel this anxiety. Exactly. Yeah. Like I've definitely been, we were saying how we feel like there's kind of these stages that everyone's been going through with dealing with this pandemic. Um, And one of them is the denial stage for some people. Some people seem to kind of just jump to the panic, but then in that denial, it can be like the making jokes and making light of it, which really is just a denial of the fear mm-hmm. that's below that. I'm aware of this part in me and I've observed it in other people too, is like there's this uh, nonchalance and like almost like too cool to panic mm-hmm. part. Yep. You know, that's like, no, I'm so very composed about yep. this. I'm very like, uh, cool as a cucumber with everything. So like, I'm not going to show that part or, and, and I think that defense can be so strong that people are like, I'm going to go to this like show or like some really big public gathering Mm -hmm. and all of this and just completely kind of, um, write off the, the, the truth really. Mm -hmm. And the reality that some people are dying, like, this is really serious if, you know, in and, Italy. While, and, and like to our most um, vulnerable populations. Exactly. You know, and I think it's also a fallacy to think that um, being young and healthy makes you um, mm. immune. You know? Like a little, we're being a little cavalier. About yeah, 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 cavalier, that's a beautiful word. Um, and I think, yeah, man, I definitely have a cavalier one. Um, me too. And I feel really grateful actually to have uh, people in my life that kind of like reel that part in. Mm-hmm. Like, um, no, like, look at this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's real. Yeah. <sighs> big, big stuff. There's just so many different rabbit holes to go down with this um yeah I yeah I just keep coming back to like wanting wanting to honor like where everyone's at with this whole process um whether you're in this sort of like dissociative maybe like state of grandiose privilege of you know not having to think about what's going to happen with your finances if you don't have work for the next month or whatnot. I mean, there, there are always people struggling and, you know, I, I definitely share the belief and, um, you know, you too can share also that if, if you're noticing that you are able to check out as much as you are, um, because you have, you know, and, and what could potentially be supporting that are all the available resources that you have around you to keep yourself safe, to keep your family nourished, to keep yourself nourished, to keep your roof over your head. Um, I think there is response, there's grand responsibility in holding that kind of privilege to then 
open yourself up to the discomfort of really acknowledging the other people that are not in your Mm -hmm. thing. Like the people that are struggling, the people that um, may be losing their homes because they can't pay rent in two weeks or like they're, there's so much and it, it comes back to, you know, my sort of like yogi way of thinking of like, how can we serve? How can we be of service to one another? How can we collaborate as community and support one another? And it makes me really sad. And I know that, you know, I'm at fault to this as well um, of choosing to ignore the people that are in immediate pain right now that are either physically sick or aren't able to help themselves or have the community to do that. You also said the piece about responsibility where I think that the, the reality of the situation is that we heard it's been called, which means there's actually something we can do to save lives. And that is to practice social distancing and stay home and, you know, do take, take that seriously. And we have a responsibility to do that in order to save lives. It's a very actionable step. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, um, it hearkens to our ability in our own kind of like inner evolution to take responsibility for anything, Mm -hmm. you know, like how good or how, um, how much can you in an argument take a responsibility for your part? Because there's always, always a part that's yours, you know? So, so how can you kind of swallow that pill and, and do what you can, you know? I think there's a call to community awareness on both ends. Like even on the, on the fear side, it, the danger is that you can get, just thinking about yourself and your family and hoard all the resources from somebody who might really actually need them. And get really small and like contracted and... Yes, that's where fear can get too narrow. And like some fear is healthy, yes, but it can also get um, like myopic, I guess is the word. Right. Mm Yeah. Yeah. And then it sort of constricts the, the beauty of being able to like tend to your inner self. Right. Because you're so, you're so, your whole nervous system is locked and you're in survival mode. You're in a fight, flight, or freeze response. No one else can get in. Give me all the toilet paper and frozen food. Like, um, and then you're not, you're not able to relax into like what else is needing a dress? Like what does your soul, what does your soul need during this time? What does your, what is your physical body? Like how, how can I better serve my body? Right. It's almost like a bypass in another way of just like manic anxiety. Right. And not, and again, like not to say that, like, you know, don't have a fight or flight freeze response. You're going to like, it's up in, it's up in the collective. We've all been through different phases and stages of it. Um, but to be aware of when you're starting to get trapped in that and, and when you're on loop and then reaching out and seeing, 
you know, if, if you're a person that really needs additional support, who can you reach out to? Um, is it your therapist? Is it your counselor? Um, is it your life coach? Is it friends, family, like reach, reach out to your community. Um, if you're needing that kind of support, if you feel yourself sort of locked in that place, what, what have you, um, noticed about connecting with people online for like yourself or others? Um, I am a, I'm an introvert, so I like to stay home a lot anyways. So far, this really hasn't been too big of a change in my life. Um, I'm definitely feeling the collective anxiety and just uncertainty and the unknown. Because no, we, we really don't know. Nobody knows how long this is going to last. Nobody knows how bad it's going to get. And I think that's where a lot of the the anxiety comes from is that unknown and that loss of control right. over your life, over your um, routine and your lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, totally. Sorry, you guys. I um, my internet timed out <laughs> there for a second. Well, technical difficulties. Yeah, well, well, in the shadow of Mercury retrograde, aren't we? Um. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly where we left off, but um, something that is really up for me is um, that this feels like an opportunity um, and really an invitation from spirit, if we're going to go in that direction, to... What's that? Or the earth. Yeah, yeah. Both, both for sure. But I think it's like a, um, a call for a shift in consciousness. Mm. And we were talking about fear before and how that can really close you down and create a contraction rather than an expansion. Um, and I think what we're being pointed towards is that the way that we are living is grossly out of balance and unsustainable in every facet from the way that we treat our bodies to the earth to our mental health. Um, and this is an opportunity to really look and confront, look at the stuff and confront it, um, our part, our collective part, um, and, and expand. So like, rather than contract and get small and hoard, how can we actually open to, um, the opportunity that's here to connect, even though we're social distancing, connect with, through our hearts through our empathy, through our compassion, um, and stay connected on a really human level. As all of this is going on, being connected to the impact that people are feeling, like you were saying, Pilar, and not shut down those capacities, because I think that's what got us into the, um, not the virus, but the current state of where we are on this planet. I mean, right before the virus, we had all these biblical fires, you know, and um, I think Mother Earth has been calling and for a long time in different ways mm. and it, it's getting louder and louder and more global in scale um, to where we're not going to be able to ignore it anymore. So, so can we pick up the phone, you know, and, and really like listen with our, our ears, but also with our heart ears mm. <laughs> um, and 
and really like move from that place, you know, like, yes, go through all the stages and be with everything that's here. And, you know, I really hope that we can land in a really expanded space where we realize we are a global community. We are inextricably linked both spiritually and physically. And um, we're only as evolved as our um, least awake in quotes person. So that's my, I'll, you know, get off my soapbox, but yeah. I've, I just felt your, your big Leo heart energy, just like, mm. load. Mm. <laughs> I love it. And I love and the, the heart ears. I like that too. Yeah. I think it's such a, it's such an adorable little image. <laughs> and you really just summed up like the tenet of depth psychology to listen to symptoms and not just repress them or squash them. Like what is this virus trying to tell us? Just like we would in the room with a client, what is this depression tell it, trying to tell us? What is this symptom trying to tell us? Right. Right. Yeah, how how is this symptom actually trying to help you heal in some way? Right. And how Hellman talks about every symptom is um, a call from the soul. Mm-hmm. And it's all soul making. Yeah. So so how can this um, be grist for the mill in soul making mm-hmm. and coming back to one soul and the, the collective soul and tending both? Yeah, I think it's yeah. such a massive, uh, massive collective, communal, and also very individual death and rebirth process. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's happening in our cells all of the time where our immune systems are getting smarter, our nervous systems are getting smarter, our brains are getting smarter. It's like we're, we're constantly upgrading ourselves through all this different information that that we're soaking in so how can you like really sit with that experience really feel how you're changing and i think you only you only tap into that if you're really sitting with and and curious about what your experience is and you can be at any kind of experience it doesn't it doesn't mean you have to be like you know the yoga the yogi in the cave or like it doesn't mean you have to be this like super mega spiritually evolved shaman it's like no just be with what you're dealing with right now and be with it in some sort of like conscious way and and i want to just piggyback off of that and and say like be with yourself on the feeling level too. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that, um, that's the level of existence that we, we run away from most frequently, you know, is actually the feelings that are here underneath all of our doings as people, all of what we say to each other, um, to really own up to, to the feeling states, um, And in that way, like be vulnerable with yourself, be truthful with yourself, which is where it starts, you know, um, and, and normalizing that we all have the vulnerability within, we all have the vulnerable child within, 
we all have the scared child within. Um, so like, it's okay. It's okay to be with that mm. and the emotions that are there. Yeah, just one more thing to add. Um, before we started recording, we looked up the etymology of the word virus, which comes from venom. And that just makes me think of, you need the venom to make the antidote, mm-hmm. right? Like the pure is in the poison. So what, what kind of um, medicine can we find through this experience together? Right, right. Mm. Does that feel like a good place to... It does. I love that. I love that question. Thanks, Melissa. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, stay tuned, y'all. Like us, subscribe us, uh, review us, and spread the word. Also, feel free to DM us with any questions or topics you would like to see explored on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Much love, y'all. Bye.